0: Welcome to The Next Scene, the podcast where we take on pop culture, one scene at a time. New episodes start on November 11, with our six-part coverage of Home Alone for the Holidays. Until then, please enjoy our return to previous holiday specials, starting with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days from 2017, with hosts Christopher Dennis DeGuardia and Pete Mummert. Some changes to our social media since this episode was recorded we are still on Facebook, at the Jelly of the Month Club, but you can now find us on Twitter, at Pod and on Instagram, at Podcast. And now, on with the show. Season's greetings, and welcome to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days the podcast where we celebrate, annotate, and fruitcake the 1989 holiday classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation One Day at a Time. I'm Sean German from Five Minutes of Mime. I was about to say
1: bah humbug, but (laughs) I love the way you say Christmas vacation days. Like it it just, as much as I hate the season, it kind of, it adds a little joy. So thank you for that, Sean. I'm the resident Scrooge, Pete Mummert. You can also find me on Indiana Jones Minute.
2: Hey, and I'm Molly Balin of Cabin Minute Cast.
0: All right, thanks, uh, thanks a lot for joining us today, Molly. Uh, Heidi Bennett, your illustrious co-host from Cabin Minute Cast, it couldn't join us today. She's out with Christopher Dennis, and they're out digging up a Christmas tree. So <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I think they took a Hopefully, by truck the time we do, yeah. wrap up here, we'll uh, we'll have that tree set up in the living room.
1: I think they said they were driving up in their pickup truck. So hopefully, they won't yeah. run into any trouble. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so while while they're out doing that, we're gonna do uh, a little chatting about National Lampoons Christmas Vacation. And this is uh this is day one, day one of the movie, and we have the Griswolds out in the uh the family sleigh looking for a tree. And I first wanna start with how we how we decided this was December 9th. And I'm gonna come out and say, actually, I don't think it is. December 9th. It's some controversy right off the bat. (laughs) Uh, So, day two, as we will discuss next week, we know is December 14th because it begins with a shot of the Advent calendar. And so, we kind of pick this day for day one being uh, well, first, it's a Saturday. Uh, It was a Saturday back in 1989, Mm -hmm. and it's a Saturday. Here in 2017, and we figured, well, the whole family's together, that the kids are out of school, and Clark isn't in the office, so it's probably a weekend day. So we just kind of picked a, a weekend that was close to day two, just so you know, as a practical matter on the podcast, we didn't have a large break between between the two episodes. But I kind of think, I think Clark is more of a traditionalist. I think this may be uh, the Friday or Saturday. After Thanksgiving, I feel mm. like Clark's the kind yeah. of guy like as soon as Thanksgiving over, it's Christmas time. It's the season. Get that tree right away that that first weekend. Yeah, um, I can see that. So yeah. So what do you, what do you think, Molly?
2: I, I'm going to lean on agreeing with you. Uh, I was trying to think about how you guys arrived at December 9th. Cause I was trying to like, is there, are there any cues in this particular first 10 minutes to, you know, indicate that? And, and I didn't see anything that really tipped me off. But I think logically, as you're, as you're talking, I really think you're right. I think Clark is all about big Christmas and he's all about like getting up on it as quickly as possible. And I would think that this would be the very first. Weekend after, like maybe this is the first Saturday after Thanksgiving that they've all gone out together.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's kind of what I was thinking. Although now I'm going to turn it around and tell you why, and tell you why I might be wrong.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> this is so exciting! Yay.
0: <laughs> well, well, the first thing that kind of surprises me for this minute is the kids, uh, Rusty and Audrey, don't seem to know what's going on in terms of like. Where they're heading, um, and I, I think Clark actually asked them, like, you know, do you do you know what we're doing, and and they don't know. And I would think again, like, what we know of of Clark is he's big into tradition, he's big into grand gestures of every holiday. They probably have like the you know the the biggest fireworks on the Fourth of July, and the the biggest turkey on Thanksgiving, and they're looking for the biggest tree every Christmas. So why don't they know?
1: Well, it sounds what? like. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, no. Yeah, you go ahead.
1: Well, it sounds like they've they've been through some false alarms before because it sounds like they have driven way out here so he could buy one of those stupid ties with Santa Claus on it in the past. <laughs> so maybe he kind of throws them off every year. Like they have a... He does a ritual, but maybe it's a different ritual every year.
2: Mm,
1: okay. Or it might be the fact that he has new kids, and so they may <laughs> not be aware of how he does
2: things.
0: Yeah. So it was the old Rusty and Audrey that are locked up. Yeah. In that extra bedroom.
1: Yeah. And these kids have, they saw the tie maybe, maybe one of the other kids was tied up with it and they're like, oh, we're going out to get another one of those stupid
0: ties, huh, dad? I was going to need a new tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a little bit of foreshadowing. I think there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, so I don't know exactly what day it is. As, as you said, Molly, I don't think there are any clues in the movie itself other than it's, you know, it's late enough that there's snow on the ground. And it's uh, it's also late enough in the year that there's there's you know there's their tree stands open even though they're not going to go to one they're going to cut their own tree down so it's it's getting into into the Christmas season mm-hmm. and so they're they're driving along and and Clark notices some tailgaters there's that pickup truck that that may or may not contain Heidi and Christopher <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and I wonder, like, well, obviously Clark makes a few mistakes uh-huh. in in this situation, yeah. And and one is, if if you're ever driving and this happens to you, just let him pass. Mm-hmm. Just just <laughs> you know, someone's tailgating, let him go around and let him go. And and like, so so one of the things he says, uh, I I forget the exact line, but something along the line of. Of best to get ahead of them, so we can get away. Like I guess to be, you know, uh, like they're they're driving dangerously. Let me get ahead, so I can get away from them. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it be easier to just slow down, let them get away, and you can kind of like keep them where you can keep an eye on them? I don't. I just I question that the the philosophy that if you see a dangerous driver, get ahead of them.
1: Well, Clark has real control issues, and I think these are going to show up over and over in this movie. <laughs> but he doesn't want to let them have any control over the situation at all even though mm-hmm. he he technically doesn't have any control he's going to do everything he can to give the illusion that he does
2: well this is also a, a Ford Taurus wagon and i understand that <laughs> <laughs> i don't i didn't look up how much like horsepower that the Ford Taurus wagon does have or did have in 1989. I will say from personal experience I did have a nineteen eighty nine Ford Tempo uh-huh. and aggressively passing drivers was not something I was really capable of in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so I just <laughs> I just laugh that there's that the will is there. I don't know that the vehicle can match it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's a good point. He's probably getting just about everything. Mm-hmm. This wagon has to give, <laughs>
2: <laughs> including a
0: finger. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does give that, and that's that's an interesting moment. He's he does what I've taken a calling. Um, he pulls a Vincini after the character in the Princess Bride. Uh-huh. So he, you know, whenever whenever someone kind of does a, a look over there, distraction move. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think of uh, I think the Battle of Wits <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when Vezini tries to uh, yeah. to fool the Man in Black, and, yeah. and Clark pulls the same move here yeah. with uh, "look, look, kids, a deer," <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know,
0: so because they're they're young and they don't need to see the um, the off color gesture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's so diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and he, he smiles
0: while he does it, and he's sure to make eye contact with you know, with the guys in the truck.
2: Because there's well, a song he's a in his heart. <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the opposite. It's because he's a complete sociopath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe both. It just depends on maybe. what that song in his heart is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's some facial expressions that uh, Chevy Chase has here that are slightly unsettling to me. Like his eyes oh, are, yeah. you know, he does yeah. that eye-popping thing a few times mm-hmm. that just... I don't know. Just the affect's off. Just not mm-hmm. not good feelings inside about that.
1: <laughs> no, he really feels like he's about to lose his marbles at any at any point, and he's going to snap. And I think we see that happen in a second. But he just—it <laughs> seems like he's trying everything he can to hold it together, like behind that button-down shirt, and he is failing miserably.
0: Hmm. <laughs> well, and so is this—is this like the the Clark Kent, Clark? And then the rest the glasses. of the movie we see, yeah, we see the Superman, because he's. I don't think these glasses come back, unless yeah. they're just, are they driving glasses?
1: That's a very good mm.
2: question. Yeah.
1: I like that this is the mild-mannered Clark. This is the mild-mannered Clark, Griswold. <laughs> and He's kind of unleashed from here on out, which I we I guess we kind of see.
0: Yeah. So, the, yeah, exactly. This is, yeah, this is the mild-mannered, <laughs> like you said. So it's, and then maybe this is the... uh the origin story, you know this this run in <laughs> with the you know you know kind of this uh, this menacing truck uh-huh. and uh, this you know the and then eventually you know eventually runs right off the road yeah and then it, you know corrects his eyesight because he doesn't need the glasses for the rest of the movie but yeah you know oh, the nice. the way these kind of you know wish fulfillment slash curses go is it's like something good but then there's also something right.
1: bad. Yeah, this is definitely Peter Parker getting bitten by a spider. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there is a rather large tree that for some inexplicable reason has been yanked out of the ground. So I don't know if he, you know, hulks out later or how that manifests, but... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a question about this but that as well, because they, I think it was Audrey that notices they don't have a saw to cut down the tree, but they also don't have a shovel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You don't yeah. have anything. Yeah. They don't have anything.
0: So Clark just uses his uh, his sociopathic strength to, to tear the tree and then drag it back to the. Well,
1: maybe, the I'm, wagon. maybe I'm being too hard on Clark. Maybe he's not a sociopath. Is it possible he's an alien? Because he has this little oh. conversation with Rusty and he doesn't, he can't seem to understand earth grammar or earth idioms. You know, and he says, burn some dust here, eat my rubber. And, you know, Rusty has to correct him. And he's just like, whatever, Russ. And you know, eat my road grit, liver, lips. Like these, these things he's saying seems like things maybe he he tried to piece together from hearing human interaction.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I did wonder about that. And then at, at another point, I think talking to the the drivers in the in the pickup, I think he calls he calls him an egg timer. Yeah. As like an insult.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it does kind
0: of strike as as someone who. Who, like, maybe just learned English from reading the dictionary. Like, they're – yeah, everything – they're all English words that he says. Yeah. But they're not always in the right order. Right, right.
2: (laughs) So, do you guys know what that – I wasn't sure what that insult meant. What does an egg timer mean in the
0: pejorative? (laughs) No, I, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I could think of is that usually it's short. Like an egg timer is like what three or five minutes like to it doesn't take too long to to cook an egg. But is it like a so watch pot means... never
1: boils, so you're just watching the egg timer and it seems like it's interminable? <laughs> so maybe oh, it's maybe just it's, oh yeah, this guy's yeah. this guy this guy's just never gonna leave. But it is interesting yeah. that these guys in the pickup truck seem to be kind of like more local flavor versions of Clark cuz mm. all of their behavior seems very much like the same kinds of things he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll that's something we'll touch touch upon little foreshadowing for future days is is yeah, Clark's reaction when he runs up against someone who is very much like himself. Mm. That these are kind of so they've left um you know they they've left sort of the near city suburbs to go out to the country. In, mm-hmm. in the wilderness. And so these are kind of a more rural version of Clark. Because the other uh-huh. driver is also inappropriately reacting to the situation. Either one oh. of these drivers should just let right. the other one go ahead.
1: Right, right.
0: So yeah, he's he's running up into, uh, yeah, a, a mirror version of himself in, in a way.
2: Which is kind of wonderful. Like they found each other, like out in the yeah, woods. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, this could be a very tender moment. Here of,
1: uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know this re uh, yeah reunion of kith and Kim <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Just trying to imagine
1: who uh, Christopher and Heidi are running into right now. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, we should probably. Yeah, I don't know if we need to be worried. Uh so anyway, so so speaking of the the folks in the pickup truck, the uh, the alternate versions of Clark, I just want to mention uh, who who we're seeing, and they're actually so they're credited as Bozo number one and number two, <laughs> uh, but they're actually uh, two pretty uh, I won't say pr- well known because I don't know too many stuntmen, but uh, two quite accomplished stuntmen. Huh. Uh so I believe that the driver is Tony Epper and the passenger is Billy Hank Hooker and they both have uh, extensive credits in IMDB as stuntmen huh. both around 100 credits each and they both come from kind of stunt families both have siblings and father fathers who were uh previous stuntmen as well and in some of the movies so uh the the driver Tony Epper was in uh, did stunts for the Omega Man uh, for Sil- Soylent Green. Uh, was also in Blazing Saddles and 1941. Wow, uh, what nice! And then uh, Billy Hank Hooker did stunts for Smokey and the Bandit 2, it uh, was in Lethal Weapon and then also uh, Batman and Robin. Mm. So there you go. So uh, so How so about- quite accomplished folks about- that are. Oh, sorry. Sean. Go ahead.
1: How about the third man in the truck?
0: Was there a third man in the truck?
1: There's there's a third man in the truck that seems to disappear. When, I did not they, notice a third
0: man in the truck.
1: Like about four minutes and twenty something seconds in, if you look when they show the truck from behind, you actually see three people in the truck.
0: Oh. All right. Now I gotta like
2: Yeah, now I'm like
0: <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna have to end with a pause and look. I know when certainly when they're when they're just driving by. Right. Uh, they're when they're, when they're passing Clark, it looks like there's two but you think there's a third person in there.
1: You can even see all three heads moving. Like they've got it's a bunch of a, guns in the back. It's
0: not a deer or something.
1: <laughs> maybe it's uh, maybe it's the original Rusty. Like maybe he's, he's trying to track down his dad. <laughs> oh no.
2: <laughs> so is this before they get out from under the...
1: Yeah, this is right. At the, right when the truck first starts tailgating them and that you see the truck from behind and you see like those mud flaps on it and you can mm. see three people clearly in the cab. And then when they cut back to the front shot, you only see two. It's right after he says that jackass is riding my tail.
2: Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And there's like, there's a rifle too.
1: Yeah. There's several rifles.
2: That's interesting.
1: I'm wondering if we lost our third driver. Is Sean still there?
0: (laughs) Sorry about that. I, oh my God, you're right. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I'm going to make a note of this. So yeah, about a minute forty-four in that scene where they show behind, yeah, you see the gun on the gun rack, you uh-huh. see the mud flaps, you see the big Dodge across the uh, the back of the the tailgate, uh-huh. and there's definitely three heads there. Yeah, holy moly! Let me get a screenshot of this. <laughs> this is a uh, wow. This We're is like a mystery here. Yeah, Who knows what's yeah. going. Yeah. All right, let me let me save this screenshot. Holy moly! It's Anthony Hopefully Michael one Hall. What are these guys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hopefully one of these guys gets out of the truck and then eventually saves Audrey from frostbite mm-hmm. when her dad seems unconcerned. So maybe maybe he's a good Samaritan back there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah, hopefully it's like an EMT or a yeah. <laughs> emergency <laughs> physician that can help <laughs> far
2: out. Maybe it will really will be so CPS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I hadn't noticed that. So yeah, there's definitely three heads, but then immediately they cut to a view from the front, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like us, like literally, one, a, a second later. Yeah, I'm gonna grab another screenshot. Why are you doing that? And uh, there's two. Cats- and there's where's that? Where's the third guy go? <laughs> All right, now I'm scared. This is, <laughs> you know, we we came into this, and I I I, I apologize, Heidi. Or, I'm sorry, Molly. If you feel like we've deceived you, <laughs> we we invited you here to discuss. You know this happy family holiday celebration of the Christmas season, <laughs> and it's turning into a horror film.
2: <laughs> What's well, right up my you know, alley.
0: <laughs> there you go. So good. Good thing. Yeah. Good thing you're here to to see us through to to guide <laughs> us through this this crazy minute. So there's this you know harkening back to uh, Steven Spielberg's early work. You have this menacing truck that is uh, barreling down on our unsuspecting Griswold family, and then you've got these uh, oh, men, dirty men, scary-looking men, just appearing and disappearing.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're Clark's alien brethren, and they're trying to take him home.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a communion scenario.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: I was actually thinking Rocky Horror, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Either way, yeah. So it's it's an alien who's being called home, and he doesn't want to go. He's gotten a little used to uh, the er, you know, earthly life. And he's got mm-hmm. a good Earth family and Earth kids, and uh-huh. yeah. Well, another so that's alien really-
1: movie I really like. Close Encounters mm-hmm. has a scene where a guy tailgates Roy Neary, and he pulls up, and he's the third guy in the car, and he yells "Jackass!" So maybe we've got some kind of connection here
2: hmm
0: yeah sure we'll go with that (laughs) i'm I'm sure there's a connection
2: he's just trying to catch up with him, give him a tower of mashed potatoes
0: (laughs) well another thing interesting about this truck is uh so sort of sort of tied on to the front grill on the front of the truck Uh is a sign that says dog on duty Uh uh-huh um which, I you know, I've seen that on doors and on fences where there's like a guard dog in the area. But in mm-hmm. this case, the, the, the dog is on duty in the truck. Maybe that's the third head <laughs> that we see initially. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know they call him that guy. They're like, ah, dog, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's their dog, you know. <laughs>
1: And these guys could be law enforcement, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's they've got d- weapons. Deep they've undercover. Got, <laughs> well, they've
1: got weapons. They've got identifying insignia. I'm not sure. You never know when you get out there in the country like that. Yeah,
0: sure, sure. But they're, they're not trying to pull Clark over. Um, if, they, if they feel he's going too fast, their method is to just get in front of him and then slam on their brakes.
1: Well, maybe they think he's driving in an unsafe manner and they're yeah. trying to slow him down.
0: Well they're trying to be friendly. They don't want to, you know, if they pull him over, uh-huh. then they got to call it in, they got to give him a ticket and everything. Yeah. yeah. And they're laughing they're just trying to get his attention. Time.
1: Yeah. They seem like they're they're kind of fun-loving guys.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't Clark's the crazy one. He is the crazy Definitely. one. I mean, the guys in the truck don't flip him off. They don't, you know, brandish any kind of weapons. They're just trying to do some, like, corrective behavior here with breaking in front of them. You know, it's actually a really yeah. effective way of keeping law. You know, I think we're not giving them enough credit. Yeah.
1: Modeling good behavior.
2: Yes. Right. Yes.
0: <laughs> we, we know we're far away from uh, the house that we'll see later. So this is not Clark's neighborhood. He's not from around here. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be locals. Maybe there's a school right up around the corner. <laughs> And you know, and Clark's just going too fast, so they're trying to slow him down. You know, they just this is you know they, this is their neighborhood, their area. They take pride; they want yeah. their streets to be safe. Yep. And this maniac <laughs> just comes barreling through in his yep his his tourist station wagon.
1: And I think you're going to find that's a theme that runs throughout this everybody's lives in this movie. These maniacs just barreling through everybody's Christmas.
2: Yeah, he ruined somebody's tree farm sign. You know, did he yeah. go back and say I'm sorry? Offer some money? We don't know.
0: <laughs> he just kept on going. I, I think we know. I think we <laughs> yeah, know. I think we know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then so yeah, so he in, in getting away, in separating himself from these Good Samaritans in his pickup truck, <laughs> ends up just flying off the road through the the tree sign. Uh huh. And then he isn't even going to buy a tree from the guy, you know, or, yeah. or the, the place. Yeah. He just ruined their sign. <laughs> you figure at least buy a tree from them. Give them something. No. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ruin your sign. I'm going to park in your lot. And then I'm going to walk <laughs> off into the woods and just steal my own tree.
1: Oh, he's the absolute worst. Like he's the guy that shows up <laughs> in your shop and he's like, I would never buy something from here. And then he walks out behind your shop and
0: like steals a plant.
2: hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the guy, he goes into the store and he asks the salesman, you know, a dozen questions and he goes through all the different models and options and features and then he go home and then he just go home and and, and buy it online, you know, buy it from Amazon. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I don't think
0: he goes
1: home. I think he shows them his cell phone with Amazon out. It's like, they've got it for 28 cents cheaper. Yeah. Add to shopping cart.
0: (laughs) So this guy's awful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so then out of yeah out of the car and, and trudging through the snow, and this this changed pretty quickly. I don't know if they're mm. going up in altitude, but so when they're driving along the road, there's definitely we can see white on the shoulder. The, the road is clear, but it uh-huh. has snowed at some point recently. Uh-huh. but there's there's patches of brown. Um, you know the, the, the landscape isn't completely covered. But then when they're going when they're hiking out to the woods to get this tree, the snow just keeps getting deeper and deeper, and Audrey, you know, first Audrey, like her, her feet are numb, mm-hmm. and then her knees and her thighs and her hips.
1: And Clark completely ignores everything that she says and every ch- mm-hmm. every sign that she's experiencing yeah. severe frostbite or exposure. Like, and I, th- so I think maybe this is where this version of Audrey dies. <laughs> Like I, th- I think the Audrey we get is because you know we keep seeing d- new versions of the kids. Mm-hmm. I think this right. is where he loses Audrey version, you know, three point
0: Right. She- <laughs> She's just left out in the woods. Well, yeah. Because I and I don't think um, and we'll have to keep an eye out this uh, for for the days to come. You know, does Clark address Audrey again in this movie? Well <laughs> I mean at all. He's not addressing her here. <laughs> he's ignoring her. So he does say her name have the ghost later. Of-
1: but he, he says her name and Russ's name when the lights come on later, but Rusty's not there. <laughs> so it's, he, he does, <laughs> it, it's very weird. He speaks to them when they're not present. And I think he really is in a situation where he's either completely lost touch with this plane of reality or else he doesn't remember which kids are alive and which kids are dead.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess if you go through a couple of versions, you just sort of lose track after a while. You
1: yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, because he doesn't remember what they look like.
0: Yeah. Just, Audrey <laughs> yeah. 1, Audrey 2, whatever. So, And you look
1: at poor Audrey 3 or whatever version this one is, and she just looks miserable. And her eyes are frozen shut. And her mouth is frozen shut. And she, like, she just looks like death warmed over.
2: But I also have to kind of question, like, why is she the only one? whose face was frozen? Like, what happened with your eyeballs? Do you have, like, a condition that your eyeballs froze? You know, in the in the walk? I mean, yeah. you've got a younger brother yeah. who's fine. Like, what happened with you? Like, did you guys get, like, a knockoff, Audrey? Like, what happened exactly?
1: Unless the brother's already dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rusty's already a ghost at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, he died in... Yeah, he died in the accident when they went off the road. Oh, oh yeah, I bet you're he did. Because right.
1: because cl- everybody talked to him before that, and then he died. <laughs> and you'll notice from this point on, he will not interact at all with the grandfathers. Right, that's right. Like, there will be zero interaction. So it's it's uh, I, yeah, he's I, he's dead. I think we've, I think that's an open. Yeah, because he's shut he's, case.
0: At, he's actually thrown into, and this is an argument for seatbelts. <laughs> um, <laughs> that what what we what what they show us. Uh-huh. Again, and I guess I, I think we're seeing from Clark's point of view. So in Clark's imagination or Clark's version of what happens after they run off the road and they go through this sign, Rusty's actually in the front seat. He's come all the way over the seat and he's like in Ellen's lap. I think what actually happens is <laughs> it, that Rusty just went through the windshield. Yeah. And Clark's in yeah. denial. Yeah. And so, yeah, when they they walk out, Rusty's actually gone. You know, Rusty's yeah, not Rusty's actually gone. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ellen is in a state of shock, and that's kind of why she's still carrying on with the conversation.
2: Yeah.
1: And Audrey, of course, is suffering from severe hypothermia.
2: Right. So they lose Audrey in the snow somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right. So you think, like, Rusty's kind of like the Sixth Sense kid? Like, he, he died, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> he's kind of like Bruce well, Willis? we definitely know this is...
1: <laughs> yeah. And we know this is the third version of him, so there must be two other, like, Sixth Sense Rustys back at the house already. <laughs> Yeah. So it must, like, that's why everybody keeps complaining about the cold.
0: Mm. (laughs) Like, where's this draft coming from? (laughs) Oh, I bet that's from Rusty Two's room. Right. Yeah, I expect like a, a a like the scene between Morty and Summer at one point. Rusty, you know, Rusty Four is just going to point out the window to the you know the, the shallow graves in the backyard. <laughs> Be like Audrey, nothing matters. There's Audrey Three and Audrey Two are buried back there. <laughs> yeah, for uh, yeah, for like a, a holiday tradition, there is a. A certain dark tinge to uh, <laughs> to this film. Um, so, all right, I I, I want to. <laughs> um, so so if there's if there's nothing else on on the scene uh, or or Clark's sudden lisp. Yeah, that um, lisp was crazy.
1: <laughs>
2: Is that like a stroke yeah. from grief all of a sudden? Like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Maybe he, does he have like a concussion from the uh, the accident?
2: Yeah, or? maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or something. His tongue yeah. is swollen.
2: Did like Rusty like kick him when he went through the windshield? Like passing oh, like there was yeah. a head trauma situation?
0: Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. It's very possible. <laughs> um, so, so, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm just gonna move us along to uh we are introduced to a, a couple new characters uh who are not part of the griswold family uh and that's our first hint that that they're good uh-huh. and that's the neighbors all right we first see Margot and chester um uh, pulling chester up to todd? their house next door to the griswolds is it chester or todd Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Todd. Todd yeah. yeah. T- oh, okay. It's T- Todd Chester's the last name. Mm. Yeah. Margo oh, okay. I okay. oh, so Chester. the Chester family. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Chester family. Okay. And uh they're they're pulling up uh next door just as Clark is <laughs> uh is walking out of the garage with his chainsaw <laughs>
1: and wearing a ski mask
0: <laughs> and wearing a ski mask. Yeah. That's which, which gotta is odd
1: cuz scary for these people.
2: Mhm.
0: <laughs> Like that's but not yeah, on the, yeah. neighborly behavior, right? Though I'm thinking on on the one hand, they they're probably used to it uh-huh. living next to the Griswolds. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is it's very um, another odd choice on Clark's part. Uh-huh. You certainly want to wear proper protection while operating <laughs> a chainsaw, <laughs> but but that means you know, but that includes eye protection. Uh (laughs) And and the ski mask has eye holes. Like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. protect the one thing that you probably want to protect the most. Uh, (laughs) You got to worry about splinters and stuff flying off. Um, So you would want to cover the eyes. Um, If anyone out there is, you know, don't take your your chainsaw safety tips from Clark Griswold.
2: (laughs) That seems to be a a family problem of not protecting the eyes, though. You know, that's something he obviously really hasn't instilled in his children or himself, as we've seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> As we yeah, just seen with uh with Audrey's problems. Yes,
2: yes. I do like how Julia Louis Dreyfus is wearing sunglasses at night though. That's really that's cool. I dig that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like everything about them. They pull up in a sob. <laughs> like they're, they're trying to make it in life. You know, they 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 have something they like, they've found something in life that makes them happy, and they're trying to live a quiet life. <laughs>
2: I just love how they've become the heroes of the story all of a sudden. Like, they're, just... <laughs> they're just trying to be happy. They just, they, they've found a nice suburban yeah. existence. They're just trying to get by. Yeah. You know? They just want some this joy. This does make
1: a very good horror movie though. It really like does. if you if you watch the movie from their point of view, this is a, a very good 80s horror
0: movie. <laughs> well, you think about it, they don't, uh, they're rather inoffensive. D- mm-hmm. Design-wise, aside, and, and it'll be later days before we we see their their interior decoration decisions that they've made. Uh-huh. But in terms of they, you know, they and they don't really, you know, they don't certainly they don't do do anything against the Griswolds. But they're not even particularly insulting mm-hmm. until he starts to attack them, and um, you know, purposely and then accidentally, quote unquote. At least in his, again, I presume the movie we're seeing these things through Clark's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You know all these things in his mind that are that are just accidents. Yet somehow um, he's always inflicting damage on these neighbors. So uh-huh. if, if they're not fond of the of the Griswolds or, or Clark, they really can't blame them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have good <laughs> reason to be wary.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he escalates this situation very, very rapidly. He does, like, yeah. Todd just says, "Hey, where are you going to put a tree that big?" (laughs) And then Clark just (laughs) bends over, and I'll show you. And then, of course, you know, Todd, you can't. You've got a lot of nerve talking to me like that. And then Clark, you know, escalates again. I wasn't talking to you. And then it's just that, uh, yeah. I I think Todd and Margot should should maybe get a realtor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I could kind of see. So kind of touching on, so, so Molly, you're from Cabin Minute Cast. Yes. Where you talk about the movie Cabin in the Woods. And uh, at the risk of spoiling, this happens pretty early in the movie, so I don't think it counts. It's not too much of a spoiler. But so the the characters in, in that movie, in, in some ways, it's sort of a, a typical horror movie. But there's, some, there's an atypical aspect in which... The, the characters sort of choose their own doom. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of the, the, the um, typical horror movie tropes of, you know the, the um, you know the crazed man wielding a, a chainsaw or zombies or other sorts of monsters and, and horrors. And I think Gris- Clark Griswold kind of fits in. He could be. He could be one of the fates that that the characters, you know, the main characters select for themselves. Oh
2: my god! Um, I'm just just imagine like that's amazing. Yeah, but if,
0: if they go into that basement and they like, you know, they pick up a little elf or something or a little uh, <laughs> a little a little frosty statue, and then all of a sudden uh, the the Griswolds come in, <laughs> string
2: of lights, something. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: well, then I have to wonder. Yeah, just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, you you go ahead.
2: Please. No, I was just kind of wondering about you know the the neighbors, the the Chesters, if maybe you know they've done that somewhere along the way. Like they they picked him as their their instrument of doom. That's their choice. Is it happens to be the neighbor? <laughs> it happens to be Clark.
0: Maybe. Yeah, that that's sort of an, an interesting existential take on it. Uh, to think that for for the most part they seem like nice people but did they uh, do something you know why do they get this fate did they do something to select or or possibly deserve <laughs> this this fate this is their version of uh of a of an afterlife mm-hmm. that they're sentenced to mm-hmm. continually le- live day after day holiday after holiday Next door to Clark Griswold. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that actually kind of you. know, that's that's the only positive spin you could possibly put on it. That somehow there's like some greater good that comes out of the punishment yeah. that these this this poor couple undergo over <laughs> the course of uh, of just a couple of weeks. I mean, this is just mm-hmm. one holiday of of several in the calendar. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's just you know horrors year round,
2: (laughs) right? Because he takes everything to the uh, to (laughs) eleven. So
0: yeah, (laughs) so can you imagine Independence Day? (laughs) Oh (laughs) boy! So then, uh, so then he Clark uses the chainsaw to uh, cut the roots, cut the base off the tree, so he can then move it into the living room. And before doing that he brandishes it too. Like he he does hold it over
1: his head. Mm-hmm. After after oh, yeah. he uh after he says he he was actually threatening Ellen uh or actually threatening uh Margo, Margo. that's when he holds yeah. the chainsaw over his head and, and starts gunning it.
0: Yeah. Have have either of you ever operated a chainsaw? Never no, I
2: though. haven't. Um, okay. I've just done a handsaw. I've done a handsaw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've used a handsaw before, uh, but not a chainsaw. I think I'm a little afraid of the chainsaw, actually. I just, I'm not really, uh, I drop stuff all the time. I just, my motor skills suck. Like, I'm just, I think it's just self-preservation to not, not go there. But have you? Have you used one? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I, I have a little bit. And and it's nice and and just, um, it made me think of it, Pete, when you talked about that motion where he kind of holds it over his hand, he does the the leather face move. Um, Uh And I've done that. (laughs) It just feels natural. Like when you have a chainsaw in your hands, it just feels Uh like the right thing to do. Um, Yeah, so a a few years ago, we had a a tree that had to come down. It was kind of withering and dying and it was had large branches that were hanging over the house we worried it was gonna it was gonna come down one day and so we decided you know have someone come and just take i didn't it was tall like 30 40 feet i didn't i didn't cut the tree down um i had a professional come and do that but i'm like okay cut it down and then just leave it and then i'll cut it up for firewood after you guys do the the hard work and, and yeah i picked up a chain you know really just an excuse so i could go out and buy a chainsaw <laughs> and, and i admit <laughs> i the first time starting it up i did that move i did the <laughs> uh, holding it over the head and um but i <laughs> it, it but i did not do it immediately immediately after threatening my neighbors <laughs> it was i just did it myself you know so i'm not i'm not a i'm not a sociopath on the on the clark Griswold scale or, or at least i'm very low on the scale
1: do you I, still have all 10 fingers
0: i do i do oh, and, okay. and and all 10 toes yeah i was very careful you have to you know it's have, have respect for, for that kind of tool. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they mm-hmm. are dangerous, Yeah, but, mm-hmm. uh, but they do cut through wood very quickly.
2: Yeah. Well, you did get to feel and to wield the raw power of the chainsaw. So I, I understand that you took that moment and really embraced that. I think that was the right thing to do. And the fact that you walked away and you have all your limbs is proof that you did something right. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Thank you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then we move on to the living room, where the tree has now been transported inside, although it uh, it's hard to tell just how how we got it inside
2: uh-huh. yeah. the, the size of the tree-huh <laughs>
0: um you know it, it's a question i'm you know I'm with Todd. <laughs> In in questioning, you know, where are you going to put the tree? I think everyone, uh, at least everyone who's still alive at this point of the movie, <laughs> is questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, just to kind of pull out of the the movie for a bit. So, so Molly, do you uh, do you get a Christmas tree? Is that a tradition in your family, or was that a tradition growing up having a killing a living thing and, <laughs> and dragging it inside your your house?
2: Well. <laughs> I am half Jewish, so and both my parents were born in December, so that has some context mm. in how uh, I experienced the holiday season. Um, my dad hates Christmas because he's a Jew and he was oh. born in December, so all of that together. Okay. So he often got yeah. yeah so there were feels, uh-huh. but you know he, my mom being Catholic, you know we we had a tree, but him also being you know, hateful of Christmas. We didn't get a live tree. We had like a fake tree that had these little like branches, like they were plastic with these hooks. So you probably bought it for like a hundred bucks from Sears in like
1: 1984. Uh (laughs) Uh So
2: that's what I was raised with. And then when I graduated from school, then he was like, I hate the tree. I will never put up the tree again because you're old now. I will wrap Christmas lights around an old ancient chair and put <laughs> gifts on the chair for you. <laughs> so I like that. I like you yeah. Know, I do he too.
0: lights up the chair yeah. and yeah. Well, and that's also more convenient because you can just put the gifts on the chair. Instead of on the floor under the tree, you don't have to bend all the way over, which is nice as as right. you get older. For, <laughs> low is good for kids, but yeah, I'm reaching the age where yeah, on the chair is better than on the floor. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I I like the sound of this guy. I like the cutting this guy's yeah. shit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So how how about you, Pete? You am I'm I'm guessing not a tree fan.
1: I am not a tree fan. I don't like cutting down a living thing to bring into the house. My wife is a huge tree fan, and so like when I was a kid. We had terrible Christmases and we always had the plastic tree and that was fine. And then I, I tried to convince my wife that, hey, plastic trees are great. And um, yeah, yeah, that didn't fly. And so generally every Christmas she waits until I'm out at some point and then she will go out and get a giant tree. Nice. nice. And then it will always, she'll decorate it and everything and then I will end up cleaning it all up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, because the, the needles get everywhere.
1: Oh, they're horrible! Yeah, yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I like the tree. I like a live tree or uh-huh. a slowly dying tree. Um, <laughs> so I also yeah. So I, I I grew up Jewish. Um, so we didn't have a tree growing up. Although for a few years we did, uh, we did the Hanukkah bush.
2: Oh, you did thing
1: uh-huh.
0: where my parents got a uh, it was fake a fake tree. It was like a tabletop tree like two and a mm-hmm. half, three feet that you could just put on a table or you know, an end table or something. And they called it Hanukkah Bush. Just cause you're you're, you know, in a kid growing up in America, most people celebrate Christmas. It's all around. And so so I guess so so my sister and I so we wouldn't feel so left out with everyone else celebrating. So we we did do the little Hanukkah bush for a few years. Having grown up though now my my wife is is Christian and her family celebrates Christmas. And um I I I think I say I get a tree for her though I th- <laughs> Some years I get the feeling that she would rather I didn't get the tree but I like the smell I wouldn't do a a, a fake tree if you're, if you're not into it just you know do if you like it do it if you don't like it that's fine but don't do it um uh-huh. I like the pine smell I like the smell of of a real tree inside the house um but it seems I it seems no matter how quickly I get it into water, because supposedly they're supposed to live for a little mm-hmm. while. But mm-hmm. it seems like no matter how quickly I, I get it into water, and I, I make sure there's water in the stand all the time, the thing is just throwing leaves or throwing needles mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which I can't be upset because I'm I'm you know I don't go and I don't I'm not Clark, Clark Wizworld. I'm not out in the woods killing my own tree, <laughs> but. I am I am picking up a tree that someone else killed, so I don't expect mm-hmm. any sympathy from the tree. But it does seem like the thing is is throwing needles as far as it possibly can. But mm-hmm. uh, but I do I li- I like the smell the pine smell. So we and uh, we we get a we do get a tree. Um, we don't decorate it because we're usually we go to my in laws uh, for so Christmas Day itself we're not at home. So we don't we don't have presents under the tree and that stuff. We're not celebrating that day. But uh, we'll we'll set up a tree and maybe we'll we'll do. I think like a star or something on top is the extent of our decorating.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh,
0: yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of uh, of that kind of thing. And I like like again, I like I like the the piney smell. So I'm into it.
2: The smell is really nice. I'm kind of yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, and I know there's 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 pine candles and other stuff, but I don't. It's not quite the same as the the real you know uh-huh. the there's that the just the smell of it of you know a majestic evergreen slowly dying in the corner of your living room that uh, that a you know a green candle just can't match. <laughs> So, you know there's there's a little bit of Clark in me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and so we're wrapping up uh the first day of this holiday season with the Griswold household, and now we're uh, we're up in bed with Clark and Ellen, and uh I, I'm definitely with Clark, so as someone who goes out and um who will get a formally live tree. And although I don't cut it down myself, you do have to uh, you have to cut off a little bit on the trunk because it kind of scabs mm-hmm. over. So you take mm-hmm. a fresh slice on the trunk and then you put it in water, and, and so it's supposed to be able to take up water and, and live a little bit. So uh, I always end up with just the sap ends up everywhere. I end up sticky for the next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm with Clark here as we see he's he's getting stuck to this magazine. He's he's trying to read while he's in bed. And uh another thing I noticed, I don't know if, if if either of you were able to do any research on on that magazine he's reading. Yeah. So we see on the cover it's it's people. right? It's a people magazine. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And the headline it says the uh the New Wall Street. So did either of you do any, any research on that?
1: I did. That's uh Jeremiah Chechik, the director of the film whose picture is on there.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> they like made a special little call out to him. Or he cool. made a special little call out to himself.
2: <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> so humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Maybe All right.
0: Well, I was business. yeah. I was kind of taking a chance on that because I I I couldn't figure out who it was. I did figure out that that's not it's not an actual People magazine. It's a okay. cover they 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 propped, you know they they uh, mocked up for the movie. But actually, I wasn't uh-huh. sure who it was. Yeah, it's pretty funny. They just. <laughs> it's just him as a director
1: cameo, and I like that the scene ends with uh, Clark completely tuning out Ellen when she starts to say something he doesn't want to hear.
0: <laughs> like she
1: talks, to t- whenever anybody starts mentioning truth about his behavior, he immediately tunes him out. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I, I, kinda... <laughs> that that may be a running theme. So maybe, yeah, we, we might perhaps. see that a time or two again in the days to come.
1: <laughs>
2: There's a lot of. But this is. Oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, no, please. Oh, you just, go ahead. There's just a lot of pink here in the scene. There's just a, you know, <laughs> yes. like even the jammies are, you know. And I understand it's 1989, but you know, I just think of like my dad. My dad never wore pink and white and purple and green jammies. Typically, you know, he was like an old spice, you know, wearing kind of kind of dude. Uh-huh. So, um, I don't know if your dad's wore jammies or not in this fashion, but I was no. like, huh.
1: Yeah, Clark's making some bold choices here. <laughs> Especially for the '80s, like this wasn't this wasn't I think normal American male attire and decor for the mm-hmm.
2: '80s,
0: right? I, well, they, I think that's they, interesting. <laughs> yeah, they they both seem a little overdressed for the mm-hmm. occasion. <laughs> well, so yeah, so Clark's got his, his jammies on. Ellen's wearing. I mean, it looks like the the base is sort of a normal nightgown, but then there's it looks like it's a separate piece, like a I don't know if it's a robe or a shawl or I know I get the impression like the nightgown itself is probably just sleeveless. But then she's wearing something over top it that like Mm -hmm. that seemed like that would be uncomfortable. Like maybe that's something you walk or when you you put on when you get out of bed, but you should take off when you get in right when you're going. Yeah. 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 Uh, They're just dressing up for the camera.
1: (laughs) I do like to see her pencil in her hand the whole time. Like she's working on this crossword. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah well and then and and speaking of the the attention or lack thereof that clark is giving to ellen so this ends with he's he's gonna lean over and turn off the light uh-huh. like she's she's yeah she's still got she's got the paper with the crossword she's still got the pencil in her hand uh-huh. and he's just decided he's yeah. He's done. He's done he's with done. this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to go turn out the light. And that's it. <laughs> so this really is, he's a, he's a horrible, horrible, horrible man. <laughs> this Clark Lerswald. Yeah. If you
1: survive, like, being his family, it's just got to be absolutely exhausting every day.
0: <laughs> well, and and not many people do. I mean, she's the only one. Right. She survives. Yeah, well, and, the only and, one. Yeah. and cousin Eddie. Um, he survives, but oh, he's true. he's obviously not he doesn't live with Clark full time, but this is yeah. something that only an adult can do. <laughs> obviously yeah. the children don't last. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I guess the question is does that make her an accessory or an enabler, or what what exactly mm-hmm. is
0: she here? Um yeah, I mean maybe like is is would this would she qualify for Stockholm syndrome?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: She's she's yeah. she's sympathetic to him for for a certain yeah certain case. I think that you know that we... they always wonder the question when someone's been. Um, occasionally, someone will will come out. They've been kidnapped and they've been held for years, uh-huh. and then the questions come out. Well, like you know, for all that time, was there no opportunity? Like, couldn't you have escaped at some point? Um, and I think that applies to Ellen as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause she does get, you know, they, they were just out, you know, she could have made a run for it in the woods. Although then she risks freezing to death with, uh, with Audrey three. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe she could have met up
0: with the nice people in the truck though. Yeah. Yeah. They could have taken her to, to save. Maybe
2: it. she's like making a note. Yeah. So the next time it comes up, she can like flash the note in the car and get somebody <laughs> to pull over and like help her out. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe those guys were oh. trying to rescue her. Like maybe, maybe they were. <laughs> That's why they mm-hmm. had the guns. Oh, and that Clark evaded them.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> they, yeah, they were hired by El- uh, by Ellen's family. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's why, because they, uh, you know, because she says, "Oh, my my parents are coming." Like so, originally, uh-huh. in when the when the movie starts, Ellen's parents are not coming for Christmas, uh-huh. and maybe it's after. The uh, you know sort of the bounty hunters or the the private eyes the PIs report back and like we you know we've spotted her she's still alive but we weren't uh-huh. able to to get her out mm. and that's when they say you know all right oh, yeah. we, we're going in we, yeah we've we're got going to in. go in and, I like and that.
2: yeah the cops are really there for her at the end
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I tell you I'm learning so much about this movie. <laughs> and uh so then that brings us to uh the end of day one the end of december 9th (laughs) in uh in the griswold household well all three of us seem to have
1: made it so that's 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 a happy day
0: (laughs) yeah i i I hope heidi and christopher are doing as well
1: yeah um hope they're they're able to pick up audrey out there somewhere
2: yeah they fare (laughs) better (laughs) than audrey (laughs) and (laughs) russ
0: yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, so, so anything else to stay, anything else, uh, about this day from, uh, Molly or Pete?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm good. Good.
0: All right. All right. Then we're good. So I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you very much, Molly, for joining us. Uh, thank you folks all out there for, uh, for listening. And, uh, so Molly, if folks want to (laughs) hear more from you and more of your commentary on, um, on Killers with Chainsaws and, and Other Horrors. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> where, where can they find you?
2: Well, y'all can come over to cabinminutecast.com. And uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter so uh, and Facebook, too. We're just kind of everywhere. Um, and that's uh, Heidi's Good Doing. She's our social media maven of the two of us. Um, although I do chime in on occasion, Um, so that's where you can find us and check out the goodness and, uh, yeah, thank you guys both for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun.
0: Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Pete, if people want to hear more of your good cheer,
2: (laughs) where, where can they find you?
0: Uh,
1: yeah, surprisingly, I I'm the guy of good cheer on the other show I do, which is the Indiana Jones minute and the, uh, the Scrooges on that one happen to be a little more vocal than I am. But you can join us over there or at indianajonesminute.com.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And I, I suggest folks check both of those podcasts out there. A couple of my favorites, uh, Cabin Minute Cast and, uh, and the Indiana Jones Minute. And if Christopher Dennis were here, I'm sure he'd remind you to visit friendsofamelia.org. It's a good cause, so I encourage you to check that out. And also want to acknowledge Christopher as the performer we hear at the beginning of the show providing us with our theme music and as always i am uh, sean german from five minutes of mime so you can uh you can hear me speak and then you can also uh hear some silent movement there well yeah the uh the, the five minutes of mime and so that is all from us on uh for this balmy december evening uh, please return and join us again for uh, our next day, which will be December fourteenth, here at National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. And we got to we got to come up with uh, a, <laughs> an ending, a snappy sign-off or something. Yeah, but we don't have it yet, yeah. so. Uh, <laughs> So we just end it and
2: it's over.
1: (laughs) Eat my road grit, liver lips.